0: Welcome to Detroit Strange
1: Yeah, that's Jessica
0: That's Alex Yeah, uh, so we are a Detroit podcast And our focus is the strange and unusual and unique aspects of Detroit Because I think there is a lot of them
1: Yeah, there's definitely just like a lot of inter- There's no city like Detroit, let's face it It's the Paris of the Midwest, which is a weird nickname And not very applicable, but you know It's, an, inter- it's an interesting city with an interesting past
0: mm-hmm. And a lot of interesting traditions that yes. we've uh, taken part in, so we wanted to kind of collect them into one source, yeah. As well as kind of solve some uh, mysteries or things we've heard of, and actually take time to learn a little bit of truth about them.
1: Yeah, we're here for the facts and the facts only.
0: Yes, this will be very factual. We will never mess up any of those facts.
1: Oh, never. Um, he said we're looking at a Wikipedia article <laughs> as we're recording, but this about the French seventy-five.
0: Oh, well, that takes us into our first thing, which is our cocktail of the episode.
1: Which we'll have more details about at the end, but each episode we're going to have a little cocktail, which uh, we'll post to the Instagram if you want to drink along with us. Although, if you're listening while you're driving, please don't. Save that for home.
0: It's good advice. Let's cheers for our first episode.
1: Around the equipment. Okay. Yeah, don't hurt equipment. Clink.
0: For those of you at home, we just cleaned glasses. I don't think you could hear it.
1: Yes. That tastes like success. (laughs) Golden success.
0: Our episodes are going to be one of us telling the other person something they may or may not know about the city of Detroit, Uh, hopefully with a little bit of detail, hopefully with a little bit of intrigue. Uh, We are here to kind of bring you the strange, the unusual, the interesting, some things might scare you.
1: You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll get a little aroused. And scared. And scared. (laughs) And scared.
0: So yeah, do we want to start wanna with your it? story? Well, yeah, I think get let's into get it. into it. Okay. So tell me your story.
1: So, have you ever heard of The Witch of Del Rey?
0: A little bit. I don't know the specifics, but I know a little bit about it.
1: I recently heard of her, and that's what prompted me to research for this episode.
0: Okay, I'm here for it.
1: Until recently, I think the story's kind of just scattered about throughout the archives until Karen Dibus. she has a lot name. Karen D. Yeah. Karen D. wrote a book about it in 2017, and that's where I got most of the information I'm going to share with you today, but...
0: Thank you, Karen D.
1: Yeah, thank you, Karen D. Bless up. So, let's rewind to the 1930s. Detroit was the fourth largest city in the U.S. Can you imagine the fourth largest city Detroit?
0: It's real... Well, when you look at the landmass, yeah, actually. If there were actually people in (laughs) the actual landmass of Detroit, yes.
1: It is a very large city in terms of area, but population not Mm -hmm. so much
0: well there is a statistic it could swallow like five major american cities like san francisco yeah
1: i've seen the map
0: i forget exactly what the other four are i only remember san francisco every time i know manhattan too okay so it's like san francisco manhattan and like three other basically large cities would all fit within the boundaries of detroit which is insane right but then the population i don't know where we're at now but i know it's down there
1: yeah it's oh i think i had that fact actually Houston is the current number th- four. Detroit's currently 23. Oh, we dropped a bit, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the 30s in Detroit. I guess Detroit was also referred to as Whiskey Town because of all the prohibition booze ah. sneaking in from Canada. Yeah, I guess there's... not. This is not anything to do with the episode, but like, I guess there used to be like tunnels or something. They used to sneak oh, yeah. booze in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. there's tunnels, I believe, under the river or something along those lines. Right. Maybe in a future episode we'll talk about them.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Prohibition was interesting.
0: Prohibition is, yeah, fascinating.
1: I, yeah, I don't understand how that happened. Anyway, our story takes place in the neighborhood of Delray in Detroit. Do you know where Delray is? Uh, it's in the southwest quarter somewhere, I believe. It's kind of over by Zug Island. It's neighborhood in the early 1900s. Mostly Hungarian immigrants, and I guess used to call it Hunky Town, which like false advertisement. Like there were no hunks there, just Hungarians. <laughs> Like, maybe the Hungarians were hunky, but, like, you can't call something hunky town like that. How dare you? Um, Misleading. Right. don't think the neighborhood exists anymore. I was reading that kind of pollution, Zog Island mysteries, which is Zog Island. is probably to be a future episode, too. sure. Oh, There's some for mystery sure. things happening there. Yeah, so we have an idea of where Del Rey is now and Hungarian immigrants. So let's kind of figure out who the witch is. The witch of Del Rey was Rose Veras. She was a Hungarian immigrant. Um, she was an older woman, a widow, a mother of three sons. Her second husband uh, died a few years before our story begins. We'll get into that later. For income, she ran a boarding house out of her home. And I guess like boarding houses were pretty common back then. Like, if you had a room available, you could rent it to a boarder. like single men. And it was almost like they were, became part of the family. Like, I was reading the book, and it was like, she would, like, wake them up, make them breakfast, do their laundry, Aww. pack them lunch on the way to work, and, like, clean it all around the house and stuff. So it was like, Basically she kind of was like house mother to just Aww. people. Yeah. I
0: wonder if she would leave them like a little note so when they got their sandwich out, we're like, I love him. Rent is
1: due on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so in nineteen thirty one, Rose had a border by the name of Steve Mack, who from now we refer to as Mac. Uh Mac was another Hungarian immigrant, a widower who came to America. So one day Mac falls from the attic of the house and kind of ping pongs his way down to the ground. <gasps>
0: Ugh, gross. Yeah, he
1: kind of just, like, fell off the roof. I think he, like, hit the house next to him and, like, like smacked on the floor. So, definitely hurt. He wasn't dead at this point, though. So the police, or whatever time, an old-timey version of paramedics came, and they take Mac to the hospital. And he lives for a few days before dying. And the police are suspicious of Rose for a few reasons. Uh, she's had not one, but six life insurance policies on Mac. What? She had ten. Wait, sp- wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You can
0: take more than, like, different I've heard companies.
1: two. You can, Different companies. Oh. I guess it was, like, just big back then. They would, like, life insurance salesmen, people would just, like, go door-to-door trying to sell policies. Oh.
0: And they couldn't really cross-reference it with each other right. easily. Okay.
1: Right. Wow. So, yeah, so, like, I don't know why life insurance was so big. I guess people died pretty often back then. Okay. So she had six life insurance policies on him. She already had 10 suspected victims already. Like, there are 10 people who mysteriously died.
0: In her boarding house? I think so. Oh. I think,
1: like, 10, like, deaths that, like, were vaguely kind of connected to her.
0: That does not look good.
1: Uh, two were suspected poisonings, one in 24 and one in 1925. But the claims were not, like, substantiated by the autopsy. Like, the autopsy didn't show any result of poisoning. I don't know if I trust 1920s autopsy.
0: That's what I was just thinking, like... They would just cut people open and kind of be like, eh, they didn't looks have,
1: good. They use gloves back then, either like, eh, whatever. <laughs> rub some dirt inside the corpse. <laughs> but she was arrested in '25, but there was no evidence, so none of the charges stuck. But here's where it kind of gets weird. My, she's called the witch. Her neighbors thought she had supernatural powers. She could hypnotize people with her eyes, and just like was kind of just like a a witchy woman, if you will.
0: So this was, like, they thought. This was speculation on their part. Like,
1: yeah. We like, think she just she had like, does these, this. like, crazy blue eyes, which, like, I get. I have been let us trade my blue-eyed people before.
0: Um, <laughs> also, but... I would imagine imagine there's not a lot of blue-eyed Hungarians. I
1: don't know. Because, I mean, it's, like, Eastern European.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: I feel like Russians maybe have blue eyes. And Hungary's a little bit north-south than Russia. Yeah. This isn't a geography podcast, though.
0: No. <laughs> um. Or a biology.
1: Yeah. Like, her neighbors claimed that she was thought she was superior to mortals and could make them bend to her will with her hypnotic eye. <laughs> they were so afraid of her that even after she was incarcerated, they still thought they weren't out of the w- reach of the Witch of Del Rey. Even the cops were kind of like, I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> Let's stay away from her.
1: Yeah. So, like at this point in the story, I was like, drag her. She's guilty. Yeah, she sounds very guilty right now. Right, like it's a lot of damning evidence. Mm-hmm. But before we burn her at the stake, Balenciaga! You want to hear her story? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's look into her origin story. So she was born in a small village in Hungary. She married a guy and they lived there for a while until so he moved to America for greener pastures, which, like, I don't know why she got left behind, but she did. So seven years later, she's finally able to save enough money to make the trip to her husband, who was in Detroit, for assuming an auto industry job. But when she got here, I think he was, like, with someone else and, like, had, like, kind of forgotten about her. So they got divorced. That's rough. Right. Like, imagine saving for seven years so you can come to America to be with your husband. He's like, ooh, actually. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they got divorced, and she remarried and had three sons with uh, the new guy. But, like I said, what? Busy. Yeah. But, like, he passed away a couple years before the story happened. And also, like, not helping her. There's um, apparently this female reporter for the Detroit Free Press, I think, which, like, amazing a female reporter back then. It wasn't, and, like, she wasn't, like, oh, 10 house tricks to get that wine stain out of your carpet. It was, <laughs> like, actual, like, journalism. That is kind of badass. Right. What was her name? Her name was Vera Brown. My favorite thing about uh, Vera Brown, though, she apparently had a signature hat, which, come on. <laughs> you know, she was cool if she had a signature
0: yeah, hat. Yeah. That's. Very forward thinking right there.
1: The only shade I will throw at her is she was kind of a sensationalist when it came to her journalism. Like, she was the original clickbait.
0: Oh, Uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, so she, like, interviews Rose and kind of gives us a different picture than we've seen so far. She interviewed Rose, and here's what Rose was saying. Like, she's like, I worked all my life to try and help others. And then two years ago, her neighbors liked her so much that they threw her a birthday party with. This is a direct quote. $20 $20 worth of chickens, wine, and a gypsy orchestra.
0: What is a gypsy orchestra?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> One thing, they're Roma. Like, we're not going to offend the gypsies. They're Roma.
0: Oh, I love gypsies. I didn't
1: write the book. Yeah. I I, uh... I
0: come from gypsy blood, so. Ooh. Yes.
1: Um, maybe you'll be able to answer the question of what's $20 worth of chickens. Is so it $20 worth of chickens? But I don't know if that means, like, live chickens, dead chickens. So they just had like, chickens with party hats. Like, what was going on there? <laughs>
0: They're just like roaming around, like bobbing their little chicken heads to the gypsy music. Right.
1: Cause, like, it's like chick- $20 worth of chickens and wine and a gypsy orchestra. That all sounds like entertainment. That sounds ch- like a great time, actually. Yeah. Like, so. Why don't make- we
0: throw parties like that now?
1: That's my next party
0: $20 of wine, chickens, and a uh, gypsy music.
1: Right, not yep. adjusted for inflation, just twenty dollars of whatever yep. <laughs> twenty dollars gets me for it's a like whole party.
0: A chicken, a uh, a bottle of like two buck chuck or whatever. <laughs> right, and like me I with don't my know. Tamper. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah. So like she seemed to have a good relationship with her board or her like neighbors for a while. And like I said, like she had boarders. She would wake up at four a.m. to make them breakfast before their shift, clean laundry. Like basically, like kind of mother these men. Okay, sounds like they liked her. Even, she would even take care of their finances, which, like, that's kind of shady.
0: No, no, no. You don't understand yet. I help you. I help yeah, you with me your, your finances. Money. Give me your money.
1: I'm thinking, like, I, only, I know one Hungarian woman in my life. Did she help you with your finances? She did not, but she was very friendly and was kind of the neighborhood grandma. Mm. So I'm going to take you on a word journey. Oh, yes. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but um, I do these to Jen all the time and she kind of hates them, but they're good for a podcast because better sidetrack
0: i'm looking forward to it
1: so like i said the hungarian woman in my life uh so when i was growing up i lived in a neighborhood that had a community pool and we would always see this hungarian woman named yudka and like sh- like i said she was a neighborhood grandma she loved to talk to everybody and anybody she loved my dad because uh as she put it he's a chatty kathy normally it's the woman but my mom the chatty kathy but in your family it's your father <laughs> Aw. Which, like, she's not wrong. (laughs) My dad is a chatty Cathy.
0: My dad, too, actually. My mom doesn't talk to people. My dad talks to everybody.
1: That's, like, something me and my mom have in common. We're kind of just, like, he'll stop and talk to anyone. I'm, like, head down, keep walking with a purpose, don't look at him, keep going. Like, (laughs) do not engage if I don't have to. Not if I don't have to, but just kind of, like, he'll talk to anyone. I'm, like, I got places to be. She was very interesting, though. She was from Hungary, as I say, and she'd always say, I'm from Hungary, I don't like to be hungry. That's why I'm so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> right? And she was married to a Scandinavian pole vaulter.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, his name was Mati, and he was like a nationally ranked or internationally ranked like pole vaulter for his age, which, like, there's, like, four pole vaulters over 60. So, like, I remember, I think even at one point, she was, like, like, Marty moved up a rank because one of them peeled off, like. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess uh, if you can perfect. pole vault in your 60s, you can do really well.
0: I, I, yeah, sounds like it.
1: Yeah. But, like, so, I, then I, I started working at the pool where, like, she would come to, and she always come in, she'd say, hi, babies, like, wave at us, and sister <laughs> kissing us on the cheeks. She would tell me, I remember when you were a snot-nosed kid, now you're a big snot-nosed kid. <laughs> and she would tell me, my boyfriend... Status. Yeah. So, like, my sister who worked at the pool, um, she would be, Julia, you're so beautiful. Why have one boyfriend when you can have five? <laughs> so she was a character, and, like, just one of the sweetest people I know. She would, like, if we were working, it was rainy, she'd bring us, like, coffee and magazines Aww. to, like, because she knew we'd be bored in the guard room. And she was such a movie person, like... I remember we talked about, like, we got all the way to, like, French new wave cinema one day. Oh. And she's like, I love the way the French act. They underact and they're always smoking. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so that's my experience with Hungarians. So I'm not saying that's typical, but that's my point of reference. So I'm like, all right, I could see this Rose woman being a friendly woman. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to Rose... Um, she's being interrogated and it sounds like they're pretty rough on her. Like there are reports of physical violence, which like not cool. Like, so, I, don't like, know. This, like I guess she wasn't as old as she looked. I think just like, well, she,
0: sounds like she had a hard
1: life. Yeah. So she, anyway, like still not cool to beat up a woman of any no. age in I jail. we well interrogating her. Let's just not
0: beat anybody up.
1: I'm fair. In that, general. Yeah,
0: that sounds good to like, me.
1: This is a non-violence podcast. Yeah. We do not support them. Agreed. So, a man named Duncan C. McCree, who was one of the assistant prosecutors, coincidentally up for re-election soon, when he got assigned this case.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Convenient. Yes.
1: He called a press conference saying the witch had confessed to the murder of Steve Mack. According to him, she said she tried poisoning him with lye, but that he was not dying fast enough, so she lured him to the attic and pushed him out of the window. He also claimed that she was just pretending to be, not be able to speak English, and that she was a woman of iron, which was my least favorite Meryl Streep movies. <clears throat> and soon after it came out, there was an unknown witness who claimed that Rose had admitted to the crime to them and provided her motive. That she was hard on cash, and at the time she had about $2,500 worth of life insurance payout if Matt kicked the bucket. Which, according to Google, that's about $40,000 today. That's, yeah, that's a chunk. That's a chunk. It's a um, decent chunk. I don't know if it's worth committing murder over, but that's no. a decent chunk.
0: I mean, I don't want to murder anybody for any amount of money, but... Oh, yeah. We all have yeah. Our price. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which also, I don't really understand inflation, but... Um, it's a weird concept. I've thought about this many times, actually. But, like, this isn't an economy podcast. Uh, correct. Also
0: no. not an economy podcast. <laughs> We've listed all the podcasts. We're listing not. all the things we're not... <laughs>
1: So, like, this McCrae guy, he was climbing his way up the ladder of the city's legal system and, for lack of a better term, was a stunt queen oh. and an attention whore. Um, like, he just loved the limelight and he gave the press a show in and out of the courtroom. Like, he was just kind of like, even before the trial started, there were headlines about, like, this witch woman who was throwing people out of windows and hypnotizing people and, like... Didn't help Vera Brown, like I said, she was a female reporter. She just had a knack for finding hot scoops and could talk faster than any of her male counterparts. So, again, she was a bad bitch. She had a signature hat. She'd out talk any guy. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah. So, people were like, so like, it was a really, like really well media covered story. Like, the prosecutor was like well known for like being like someone the news paid attention to because he was just like always like a hot mess or something. So, like, there's like, a, it had a big draw. Like, a lot of people were coming in to see the Witch of Delray stand trial. Again, I'm not going to go into too many details about the trial because we're not a law podcast. Other than my notes, we're not a law podcast. <laughs> and we aren't trying to be. So if you want to read more, again, check out the book. It's called The Witch of Del Rey, I think.
0: I think it's called The Witch of Del Rey. Karen, I've seen Divis. That. Divis? Karen Karen D. Karen D. D. Good old Karen D. Look it up on the Amazon.
1: Right. So basically, they had a witness who lived on the other side of her duplex. Like, I guess Rose lived in a duplex. Okay. Which, like, I'm trying to imagine, she lived in a duplex but also had borders, so how big was this house, you know?
0: Well, duplexes, though, can be side-by-side, side you know what I mean, side-by-side, oh. side. so it could have just been, like, basically too, like almost like a row house, like, that can be considered a duplex, I believe. Also not an architecture podcast, just true, note that. True, true. So I think you could still have a pretty sizable amount of space if it's, like, set up like that especially. Okay. Which it... Would have had to be because he got pushed off the top, right? Or yeah. something when uh, he came down? Yeah.
1: Okay. So that makes sense. But anyway, so the guy who lived on the other side of the duplex said that she told him she'd give him $500 for keeping his mouth shut. And that she and two men had beaten Mac, dragged his body from the basement to the attic where they threw him out.
0: Was there ever like a motive given? Like The money. What? Just the money. Just the money? Just yeah. the 40? Well, yeah. Today's money, 40 grand? Okay, wow.
1: Yeah, not just to show the shenanigans, tomfoolery, and buffoonery happening in this case. In her confession, she supposedly said she was trying to poison him. Then the other guy was like, some people beat him. But neither claims were, like, substantiated by the autopsy. Just like, they were like, oh, she poisoned him. She pushed him out of a building. She stabbed him 12 times. And, like, literally the autopsy was like, no. Like, there were no stab wounds or anything like that? Just I made up the stabbing just to, I needed, oh. <laughs> a, third th- I needed a third thing. So, rule of third. Th- yeah. Or threes. Yeah, rule of three. Yeah. So, but, like, basically all the claims that were, like, said, like, oh, she did this, this, and this, like, there were no, like, claims substantiated by the autopsy. It was just kind of, like, the normal wounds you would assume from falling off a building. Okay. So it was, like, this big, crazy trial, and they didn't, like, it kind of sounds like a shit show, but uh, they convicted Rose, and they also got her son, Bill, sent him to prison.
0: For what? Uh,
1: what? He, he was. They were, like, oh, he's the accomplice. Oh. Yeah, accomplice and some other nonsense. We're going to call that like chapter one of the story. Okay. Chapter two doesn't start for another eight years. And it actually starts with. So, wait, a, she's
0: just sitting in jail for eight years and yeah, then this of next them. part starts? Yeah. Wow. So okay. She's in jail for eight years. And her son, too. Yeah, they're both in okay. jail,
1: separate jails, obviously. Um,
0: oh, they didn't have a nice little cell together?
1: No, they. um... Just like. Play games, no, I I can't imagine that jails were much better back then. No, Probably I would imagine worse. worse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, eight years later, just like to catch up, what happened those eight years, there's some stuff with the legal council of the city that happened like, just a bunch of like weird, like, just kind of shady things that like nobody's really sure what was going on. But the year is now 1938, a woman by the name of Janet McDonald managed to topple the entire Detroit legal system by herself. Unfortunately, it was under very sad circumstances. Mm. Um. On August 5th, 1939, she got in a car with a pile of letters, ran a tube from the exhaust, went into her window, and started the, like, the start of the car.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And just, like, yeah. So, she, she was holding her daughter, too. like Oh, no. Her and her daughter were in the car with a pile of letters and the tube and the exhaust. Mm. Like, shit, right? Whoa. So, heavy stuff. Yeah. But the big thing was the letters. So she had this pile of letters she had written about her former lover who acted as a go-between for protection money between the Detroit police and the mob. And there was a bunch of shady shit just going on. So she had been, like, seeing this guy and, like, knew all his business. So she, like, took all the letters, wrote it down, and then...
0: So she was seeing a shady guy and was like, this guy's shady. I'm gonna, like, keep track, basically.
1: She was just like, "I'm taking him down." like, oh, okay. just like listen to this line from like her letters though. So she was like, he was a go-between for the Detroit police and the mob, and like the most tragic, but like, damn, that's a good line from the letter was, "I told you the only way you could have another mama would be over my dead body." Ooh. And that she would return in spirit to curse any woman he makes friends with until the day he died. Wow. She was not fooling around. No,
0: she was real mad. Yeah. Real mad.
1: Oh, totally. So, remember like, that McCray guy I was talking about from earlier, the assistant prosecutor who, like, oh, came yeah, yeah, the yeah. case? Kind of, like... The showboaty guy? Showboaty guy yeah. who would, I guess, like, take people to the bars afterwards to, like, celebrate his trials and, like, shady stuff. But so he comes back into the story now. He was on vacation at the time this happened, and he came home early, hmm. and he tried to break into someone else's office and stop the investigation. Interesting. Turns out he had collected over $104,000 in bribes over 10 years.
0: What?
1: Which, like, I'm not going to do the inflation math. That's a shit ton of money.
0: I was going to say, and that's that time money. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So he'd collected over $100,000 in bribes over 10 years.
0: That's way more than uh, $40,000.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. He went to jail, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. And he ended up at Jackson State Prison, where he ran into, who else but Bill Veras, Rose's son.
0: Oh.
1: I probably kicked his ass when I knew prison muscles, because, I mean, you're in jail for eight years. What the hell else you can do besides lift weights? <laughs> but the author didn't mention it, so I don't think it happened. Or they just didn't mention it. But In our did,
0: hearts, it happened.
1: Right. At least, like, some kind of, like up and comments for him but he did Mm -hmm. make it right so what happened they got to talking and mccray told bill that he thought he was innocent but he was forced to get a conviction that like he was getting pressure to get a conviction for this case and like he was trying to move up the ladder so he just did it after this rose's youngest son she had three sons i said Mm -hmm. so the youngest one i don't know what he's been doing is like mom and older brother's been in jail this whole time and he was just kind of like
0: maybe running the boarding
1: house maybe but he was young i think he was like 12, maybe? I don't know. But um,
0: but with inflation, by today's standards, tr- that would be like 18.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. But he got an attorney to try and reopen the case. Lucky for that, they got Aileen B. Klutz. Yet another bad bitch. Awesome. Female attorneys were pretty rare back then, let alone one who had a solo practice. Like, she had mm-hmm. offices in the Penobscot building. Penobscot? Oh, uh, I know it. Penobscot? Penobscot. It's, uh, which I looked up, that's a tribe of Native Americans from Maine.
0: Oh. That's
1: what's named after, And that's why they have, like, a lot of Native American motifs in the building. But she had, like, an office there for, like, 25 years. Wow. So she was, like, the go-to person for cases that, like, nobody else wanted or people who didn't have the money. She was kind of like, take them on.
0: I wonder if that's why there's all these badass bitches, though. Because, like, they are willing to take on this case that involves a woman Mm -hmm. that I wonder if... Especially at the time, like, a lot of men were like, eh, I don't, I don't
1: care. Right. Who cares about this woman? She's not making babies or food. Women aren't people. Right. Exactly. Oh, Also, she uh, went up against McRae once and kicked his ass. Nice. Into, like, legally. So he got his ass kicked legally, if not physically in prison. But she decided to look into the case and try talking to Rose. And it was pretty damn clear that Rose did not speak much English. Mm-hmm. Even after being in jail for eight years, she still just kind of was like, I don't I don't know, I'm Hungarian, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what convinced Aileen to take the case because, like, if she couldn't speak English, how the hell did she defend, like, defend herself or give any kind mm-hmm. of, like, whatever?
0: Well, and how could she give a confession? Right.
1: So she's like, okay, something stupid went down here. Let me take a look at this. And she immediately just started poking holes in their arguments. She's like, if Rose couldn't speak English, how did she have conversations with her neighbor to be like, I'll give you $500 to stay quiet? Mm -hmm. Uh, and her neighbor wasn't Hungarian, so, like, it would have had to have been in English. Or how was it despite the fact they said Mac was beaten, which, again, the autopsy didn't even support this, but there was no blood found at the scene of the crime. Like, they didn't find his blood in the basement, or, like, they said they beat him, or, like, there wasn't, like, any blood found anywhere. She just kind of, like, fell. That's still really rare to fall and not bleed at all. Like, maybe there was blood outside, but there wasn't blood anywhere they said, like, that he the would pro- have been
0: pre 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 murdered yeah. pre- is that a thing? Roughed up. Okay, sure. there we go. Uh,
1: or yeah, there are also two defendants that were claimed to have helped Rose beat and throw Mac out the window were never found. So things were kind of like a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. So first thing was first. Aileen got a retrial for Bill and called McCreary to be a witness, and Aileen was able to get Bill off pretty easily because like the prosecutor who tried the case was like, yeah, I was forced to get conviction, so mm. pretty easy to get him off so she tried to use the same argument to try and get rose a retrial um but this would uh prove to be more difficult given her reputation as the witch of del rey because people still remember it, cause it was such a blown mm-hmm. audio or well, like it's media like, case like yeah. so it's sensational like oh the witch of del rey so they weren't gonna like let that one slide under the radar and at first the court sent out some guy to talk to rose to see if she could or couldn't speak english And determined that her English, well, broken as shit, could have been used to convey what her neighbor claimed she said. And in order to get a retrial, she would need to get three things. New evidence, courtroom errors, and new witnesses. The evidence was the easiest to probably get. And I'm not quite sure why they didn't think of this the first time. But they sent out an engineer to look at the house. To look at how Rose like could have done what they said she did now they claimed they beat him unconscious in the basement and then carried him up a flight of stairs through the kitchen into the bathroom they had to stand him up to get him to fit through an attic trap door because you know like attic doors it's like on the ceiling just like a little like square mm-hmm. in the ceiling and you pop it out and that's how you get to the attic so imagine trying to get a full-size man corpse or like unconscious body through one of those
0: no no thank you yeah that sounds awful
1: yeah, you'd have to, like, carry the guy up the ladder, and the hatches aren't very big, so you'd have to, like, yeah, that's already one thing, like, okay. Like, why would you go through that effort? Right. There,
0: there's, basically, there's other ways to murder somebody.
1: Yeah, and so even if they did get him up there, mm-hmm. have you seen Christmas Vacation? Yes. You know when he's up in the attic, and he, like, there's basically just, like, planks of wood sitting vertically, and, like, there's there's drywall in between that's the ceiling below. Mm -hmm. That's how this attic was. You know, when he steps on the beam for a second, his feet go through and it's...
0: Yeah, it's not a floor. It's not a structural space you're actually supposed to...
1: Right. Like Chevy Chase, his feet went through that poster and he ended up in his friend's bunk beds
0: and then hilarity ensued
1: right so imagine three people coordinating how to carry this unconscious man over this kind of floor 16 feet to the window across the room
0: Mm-hmm. and i'm sure there were plenty of other windows available
1: right and also it's 1930 so like there's all just kinds of exposed wires and shit so they would mm-hmm. have to watch yeah. out for all these wires get them across the 16 feet of like drywall yeah and like after getting him up, like, a flight of stairs through the kitchen, up the bathroom, into the attic, like, Mm -hmm. so it was kind of just, like, there's no way she'd have done this. So, I guess that was, like, one of the big things, getting her a a retrial, but the judge, who originally tried the case, didn't want to hear it, because he prided himself on never having a case overturned, which, like, what a straight white male thing to do, like, I've never been wrong before, so I can't be wrong now. (laughs) We're not gonna reopen this, because I have a reputation. (laughs) Even if this woman is innocent in jail. (laughs) Luckily, he died of a heart attack a few weeks later. So oh, wow. After that, they got a new trial. Nice. Yeah. So, karma. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Which, like, maybe the witch of Del Rey, she was like, hey, I have a heart attack. So She's she used those blue eyes. The, yeah, to... she used the blue <laughs> eyes. But, uh, so now Clutz just had to bring in a pile of receipts to show them to the jury. Like, just kind of like... Another thing that was overlooked in the first trial, Rose never collected on the border's insurance policies. Like she had all these insurance policies on him, but she never collected on them. Oh wow! And like she was living on welfare, so she wasn't exactly like rolling and dough from murdering all these people for their insurance money.
0: So she could have used the money, but didn't. She didn't collect take on
1: action it. on it. Okay. Which like maybe because she got arrested, but like I don't know, she didn't collect on the policies, and like I don't think she collected on many of her policies, if any of them. Uh, and it turns out Rose was paying for the Guy's life insurance policy. Oh. She was like paying for it. Even though she wasn't the beneficiary. She wasn't even the beneficiary for the insurance policy she was paying for. Wow. Yeah. So there's all kinds of weird stuff that was overlooked in the first show because I just wanted like a sensational trial or whatever. But uh, on December 10th, 1945, Rose Vares was proven innocent. Yay. Yeah. But like really proving she didn't know English, she fainted after hearing the verdict because she thought they said guilty.
0: Oh. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Was yeah. But then like,
1: well, she came back and like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to go back to jail. But she went back to live in Delray despite the charges being cleared. Uh that she still thought of the witch of Del Rey, And like even became like an ur- urban legend to the children of Delray. uh, until Delray was abandoned after it became heavily polluted and all the other bad things that happened to the houses in Detroit. So wow. Yeah. But like you know, like I talked about like a, throughout the story, like there's like the female reporter, the female lawyer, and like the woman who toppled the Detroit government, I was like, yeah, girl, bitches get shit done. They do. I mean, well, we do. Yeah. I can own that. Yeah.
0: That is fantastic. That is, wow.
1: Yeah. They so, had everything. Yeah. Wow. I had the drama, trauma, mm-hmm. and conflam of it all. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all of the above. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, good job. That was a good story.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so that's the Witch of Del Rey. Fantastic. Oh, so uh I guess well we should we should name that book
0: again. So The Witch of Delray by me, Karen D.
1: Producer Patty, can you help us out? Producer Patty. Producer Patty to the soundstage. Thank you. <laughs> um so the book is called The Witch of Delray, Rose Veris and in Detroit's infamous nineteen thirties murder mystery by Karen Dibus Dibus? Dibus? Karen D. Karen D. <laughs> D. It was actually it was a good read. Uh if you could find it at a library, get it otherwise it was like 16 bucks on amazon worth the read cool pictures like just look at the picture of her though like she like wear this like cap
0: oh this knit cap
1: oh she kind of looks like Do you remember the game old maid
0: she does look like that yeah wow do you oh do you think that's where they got the idea
1: probably not because i feel like this was like a common look for widows back then that's probably accurate
0: well good job i'm gonna solo clap you thank you Oh, double clappy! Thank you, producer Thank you Patty. <laughs> so now I guess let's wrap up our first episode. Yeah. So we are going to wrap up this episode with a little game, two truths and a lie. Do you want to go first or second? I'm going to give you options since you told me the story.
1: I'll go second.
0: You'll go second, okay? I have
1: to figure out one more thing.
0: Well, I forgot to do my homework, so these are going to be okay. on the fly. So, for this one, uh, since it's our first episode, we decided we're going to do two truths and a lie in reference to ourselves. In the future, it might be other things. So, two truths and a lie about me. I have held a koala bear. I have held, well, yes, held a baby cheetah. And I have held a monkey.
1: My guess is to say koala because here you have to have a license to hold those. Because they bruise really easily. If you touch a koala too hard, they die. Which, like, honestly, how have koalas made it this far? You know? Yeah. They also all have, like, chlamydia or something. All of them have... Oh, they all have chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's accurate. Um, They're also all stoned all the
0: time because of the eucalyptus. They're the slowest, but also one of the most lethal creatures. Uh, Really? Yeah. Sloths, koalas, and there's something else that's really slow that's, like, super lethal if they were sped up. Because they have like really like thick like um, nails, and they actually are kind of aggressive, but they're basically chill all the time because of like either well they're just high all the time. Yeah, in the case of a koala, it's because they're high all the time. Uh, But no, I have actually held one. It was uh, a while ago in Australia, and actually it did go to attack me, except it was in slow motion, but there was, like, a you know, a professional next to me while I got my stupid little photo. Mm -hmm. Well, he, like, (laughs) I looked over, and the koala was just doing, like, this, like, slow motion, like, towards my face with its, like, nails, but I didn't even really notice. All I saw was, like, the uh, professional person just bat their hand down, like, but, like, also in slow motion, it was just this, like, Slow motion of, like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I've never held a monkey. Okay. Yeah. The baby cheat I kind of held, but um, my aunt used to work at, like, a, an African safari park in Arizona. And there was these uh, baby animals that we got to go visit. And because I knew her, I got to kind of pet and slightly kind of half hold. That's why I paused for a second. I almost okay. gave it away. The baby little cheetah named Christine. Aww. She was my favorite. Except for years later a tiger ripped off one of her legs. Oh shit. Because their their habitats were next to each other and she was like batting through the cage and I guess that young whoop or snapper was pissing off the the lion or tiger. I don't remember what it was, but
1: Damn. Yeah,
0: but she's still my favorite if she's with us. <laughs> I hope she is. Three-legged cheetah. Christine.
1: Okay, here we go. I once flipped a golf cart into a lake. I once threw up during a wedding ceremony. And I injured myself doing the cha-cha slide in eighth grade.
0: I'm going to go with you did not throw up during a wedding ceremony.
1: That's true. I threw up after.
0: Yes! (laughs) I knew it was going to come down to wording. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, oh, that was my cousin's wedding, and it was in Florida, so I was drinking heavily because Florida, and I just remember, like, I threw up in the bathroom, like, projectile vomited at, this is going to get cut, but, um, <laughs> this is disgusting, but I, like, threw up at the toilet made most of it in there, and then, like, continued to drink because I'm a garbage person. Well, at that point, it sounds good, because what else are you going to do? Right, right, and that yeah. was the same wedding. got to get
0: the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, water won't do it.
1: Right. <laughs> it was funny because I had to get drinks for my cousin because I cut her off.
0: But they didn't cut you off no. after projectile
1: vomiting. Bomb- I was pretty stealthy about that. I'd I like, hope you
0: don't cut this.
1: I am really good at hiding my shame, like vomiting and stuff like that. I'd like I go like I threw uh, up off a balcony at a party once. And it's once. the performer
0: and you coming out.
1: Right, like I, the show must go on.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, well, I guess we're wrapping up now. So this has uh, been our first episode, episode one, of Detroit Strange. We hope you will
1: continue to stay strange with us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange. Mm-hmm.
0: If you have anything to add to any stories that we've talked about on the air or have ideas of uh, things we might be interested in, please email us at Detroit Strange
1: at gmail.com.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, or
1: just DM us on those insta inst- yeah. <laughs> medias.
0: So stay strange. Yeah. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sax and Violence.